0: Mike Finnegan dungeon lead
1: indeed indeed
0: Great to have you, uh, Mike. Thanks for coming on the show today.
1: Yeah, it's uh, great to be here.
0: All right, so um, for those of you who uh, who are aware, Mike Finnegan is the uh, the dungeon lead for uh, uh, Elder Scrolls Online, and that means that if you've been in a dungeon and cursed a lot, it's probably this guy's fault. There you go. There you go, <laughs> um, Mike. If you don't mind, could you maybe just sort of clarify a little bit as to like what you do uh, for, or, like, I guess maybe. Um, like on a daily basis and like overall, so so people really have an idea as to uh, what it is that that goes on.
1: Right. So my uh, I am the the lead dungeon designer. So I manage a team of designers for dungeons, and on a uh, as we're it, it my day to day really depends on kind of like what is going on uh, where we are in the cycle of dungeon development. It will very much dictate what I do on a day-to-day basis, but from, uh, concept to creation, to implementation, to pushing it out to PTS, pushing out to live, I'm pretty much the responsible for, uh, the team and, and ultimately what we put out. So, uh, a lot of my time is, is, is managing, uh, you know, kind of like how the team is doing, evaluating work, uh, offering suggestions, uh, interfacing with other teams so like i interface with art teams a lot crown store team a lot um yeah pretty much all the other teams community a lot uh pretty much any team that that uh has a stake in 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 dungeons i'm interacting with them uh at least on a weekly basis if not a daily basis so that's kind of the dungeon team in a nutshell it's it's uh the nuts and bolts Of Doing the actual uh, implementation of bosses and stuff like that while I do put my hands in it That's very much the designers that I have on my team Um, whereas I'm just overseeing kind of uh, the that creation process
0: Okay, do you do you uh, has there has there been encounters that you've put together in games uh, in the game uh, bosses and and whatnot?
1: Yeah, so when I started like I uh, when I started uh, Seven ish years ago. I was not the lead uh, Dungeon designer I started on the dungeon team, so uh almost all of the early dungeons I did what would be called the base pop and then the uh quest design and stuff like that putting all that stuff together and then um our fiction writers would come in after the fact and and make sure that the words made sense uh but I would do all the scripting and stuff like that I scripted uh pretty much all the original all the original uh dungeons um oh wow and that and yeah so uh not all the bosses mind you all the the base pop stuff so like it involves madness as you go to the each of those sections and then as you kill the base pop and the spirits go away and then the guys charge i did all that stuff but oh, wow. um as far as uh, and then i have uh, dabbled in individual boss designs i don't want to say which ones because then people will very particularly hate me for some of these bosses but i know i have said before that <laughs> with, for, as far as maelstrom arena is concerned right uh i am directly responsible for uh arena seven Which is the uh, Argonian behemoth with the plants. So. uh... Okay. (laughs) All you right. could scream "Fufin" at, at that one for sure.
0: Uh, I'm actually glad you brought that up. Uh there's <laughs> there is quite the hashtag that's been out there for quite a long time. There the is. old there I like is. to call it Fuffin, but it's Fuffin <laughs> or Fuffin, yeah. 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 One well, of those. How did that is that is it true that came about from just people screaming at you <laughs> in Zion? Um
1: generally I think Rich brought it to Limelight once because Rich used to stream uh Maelstrom. Yeah. He does it every once in a while, but he used to stream Maelstrom and I would uh Go into his stream and give him lighthearted hearted jabs, uh, otherwise known as trolling. Right. Uh, while we were in there, and uh, I believe he screamed it out at one point. Uh, they Didn't scream it, but he he uh, he yelled it out at one point. Um, and then other people have kind of like just picked up on it. Um, I am not offended by it at all or, or anything like that. I actually, uh, uh, I think it's a it's quite amusing. Uh, Rich's wife had a uh, a wooden yes sign yes that is that says hashtag if you've been and i have that on my desk right now so <laughs> yes
0: i've uh i i saw that when it was presented to you on eso live and i had yes. the biggest laugh out over that i was like oh my <laughs> yeah. god this is like a real thing at at work yeah. for them and yeah this is that's hilarious very
1: much very much so it's a lot of it's a lot of uh it's a lot of good nature ribbing and stuff like that and I, right. we take it in stride i i think it's uh it's it's funny, and uh, I understand the frustration. Yeah, uh, kind of like a badge of
0: honor, almost. Like, yeah, yeah I built almost,
1: that. Yeah, almost, almost. It's like uh, <laughs> it's like my tear glass. I don't actually have one, but people think i have a glass of <laughs> next years. So,
0: <sighs> what um what's I, I have to ask because this is this is yeah I think this is an obvious question. Um, what's your favorite if and if you don't have a favorite what's one of your favorite uh either encounters or or dungeons as a whole that that you have either that you've put together or had a significant hand in
1: i mean i i I like to think that i've had a significant hand in in all of them because even if i haven't done nuts and bolts um uh like design work of putting together abilities within our tools or anything like that um generally i'm the first line of somebody that comes up with a concept for the dungeon and base ideas for bosses and stuff like that so i think i have a hand in in all of them but as far as it's like choosing a favorite dungeon at that point is like choosing a favorite kid um mm. and while every parent has a favorite kid they can't actually say what it is <laughs> so uh <laughs> i'm kidding i'm kidding if my kids are listening I'm but, but are you <laughs> uh, <laughs> the uh i i mean there's there's some dungeons that do um different things well like i really liked i mentioned vaults of madness before i really liked uh kind of how that dungeon came about as far as specifically around uh, base pop and how it all flowed and, and it felt as you were going through and it felt like each of those sections the three different sections were were, were very unique and different mm. um selene's web i liked all the interspersed theater moments that happen as you go between selene's web and you start with eight mages guild members and spoiler alert you only end up with one at the end so Uh -uh. um yeah there's a lot of those and then some of the newer ones we've pushed some of the mechanics uh and some of the newer ones uh to new levels frostbolt the final boss in frostbolt with the skivita maze that's that's up there right now with one of my favorites it's just a, a cool encounter right uh the aesthetic behind Falkreath Hold, I really yes. love the aesthetic behind Falkreath Hold. I yes. believe I talked about that on ESO Live once and said, you know, I always wanted to do uh, a siege kind of dungeon, you know, where you're part of a siege and you're going in and you're either liberating or sieging a town or something like that. And that kind of gave us the excuse to do that. So, yeah, Falkreath Hold was uh, it, aesthetically is, is a really good, a really favorite of mine.
0: Yeah, I, I, uh, I. I, I very much agree with you I, I it's it's absolutely gorgeous um one of my favorite fights is the grothdar fight okay now as as a uh as a tank okay i, mm. I play templar tank mm-hmm. all right um when that when that uh that heavy maced hand comes down on my shield and it makes that boom mm. sound yeah yeah every single time i just yeah. I, I cheer
1: yeah (laughs) i'm like yeah take that
0: you know like i'm i'm just oh it's amazing so it's such a great fight and um between between um like there's so many like as a tank there's so many um just just really epic moments right when you're when you are a tank you just you just kind of have to just stand there and just take all the hate yeah and um you know this game does not fall short of well let's make that guy feel epic too because you know the dps they they usually have their their moment to shine
1: right. they got the big numbers that flash up right uh and we get uh i play a tank too quite a bit um that's especially lately that's just my favorite thing to do when uh we do trial runs at work and stuff like that i usually am the, the one tanking and stuff but yeah that's a that's a, a a good moment there's a lot of we try to and we try to do that we try to think of that when we go into dungeons and we go into fights and stuff like that that's those are some of the a- active things we think about is like Okay, where's the, what's the DPS doing? Okay, what's the tank doing at this point? What's this guy? So that you're not just standing there and just holding block and stuff like that. Because we want it to be an engaging aspect for everybody. Yeah. Uh, uh, if some of the example fights of that is like the, the amalgam at the end of um, Bloodroot Forge where he splits into three. That's a tremendous tanking challenge, you know, to go in there and you're dealing with one guy and you're like, Oh, this is easy. And he splits into two and then tank has to control two people and make sure to block the block walls, And, and then, Oh no, he splits into three. Oh, we have to do this. So, you know, I mean, it's just yeah. like attrition based, like war against, Oh, can we get these three guys down? And it really stretches your tanking skills to kind of handle
0: that. Right. The, um, the aggro generator from, um, um, I think it's, uh, oh, I forgot the, um, fighters guild ability i believe inner beast uh yes yes that one i i use often for that fight just oh, to yes, yes i mean it's a must-have you gotta have it. Uh, exactly you exactly. gotta have a gap closer yep uh and that's that's uh key for for that mm-hmm. for sure uh what, what kind of what kind of tank do you play
1: i play a dk tank okay um and that's just because that's kind of the tank i had started out with when i started out my dk uh but as far as all the characters, I have one of every magic or stamina um, character, so I can kind of take my, my pick of uh, if I play DPS or, or. So I don't usually generally heal because people tend to die when I heal, and
0: it's uh, <laughs> a lot of pressure.
1: <laughs> you can't handle the heals. <laughs> I can't handle the I can't handle the heals, so I generally yeah. either tank or DPS for that. So.
0: I yeah, I often do the same thing. I'm a, I'm an awful healer, awful healer. You would rather have a rock he, uh, heal you than me. I guarantee. you. Yeah,
1: exactly. I'm like, do you guys have vigor? Because uh, that's how you should heal yourself.
0: Right. <laughs> um. So. <laughs> so I, I used to play World of Warcraft, and um, I I was I was the guy that would would uh would aggro a mob from like half a zone away just because I was there. Yeah. And okay. I would constantly. Constantly get ripped on by by my buddies about that. They're like, "How did you even like?" I'm like, "I don't even know. I don't know. It just so yeah, this yeah. Th- that's how I got into tanking." Was, okay, there you go.
1: Was <laughs> I just, might as well survive it if I'm going to get aggro.
0: Right, just seemed like a natural fit. Like people hate me <laughs> yeah. anyway, so I might as well put up a shield. <laughs> right
1: there, you go. There you go. Um,
0: but uh, you, you had said that you, um, you play. You've been playing a tank for, you know, this oh, wow. one particular tank since the game yeah. launched, right? Yeah. Is he is he your guy? He's your go-to character?
1: It depends on what um what I'm doing. Like generally when I go through and I do story content, I'll usually play one of my TPS classes. Um, but so at work, we I uh, we organize or I've organized a um, what I call lunch trials. So what it is is I have a, lo- a huge list of everybody in the company that wants to play and what role they pers- they, they want to do and stuff. And what we do is we have a, a designated room called our focus test room where there's 12 computers and they're all sitting down. And, we- and I or- organize every week uh, the 12 people that are going to play lunch trials. And I send out a list. and I say here's the 12 lunch trialers. And then we choose a uh, normal version of trials to run at lunch. And usually that's uh, – I- I'll be tanking those and I'll grab another tank. Depending on the trial that we're doing and it and it's great because it's it not only uh gets people into trials but it also gets people that m- may not have the time to dedicate to trials or try to find trial groups or something like that And it gets people in the company like there's no judgment in here we're all in here doing in focus tests and we're all uh just kind of like going through it we're all in the same room and we're, we're just kind of having fun so That's uh nice. Yeah. It's, it's, it's pretty awesome. And, and it gives us a chance to, to, uh, like coach people that are like, Oh, you're a healer. This, this, these are trial sets that you would want to get. And this is, Oh, you should probably do this if you want uh, when you're healing or, uh, or I can help coach the other tank or something like that. So yeah. Yeah. Generally when I do any type of group content, I'm tanking.
0: Yeah. Same, same here. Um, it's, it's nice to hear though, that there's that culture exists in, in Zoss and I, we feel it on our side here when it comes to you know how how the game runs and is is put together and um how how information is sort of delivered like the community like you guys are very nice about about commending the community for for all the positive things that we offer um but you know you guys should understand too that you know we take a lot of our cues from how good you guys are doing as, as a job i mean there's been you know let's let's not forget you know 2014 2015 were tough years (laughs) and 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 not for you know it was tough years for for us playing the game but internally it was it was difficult and you guys got out of that and the game has never been better and it's a lot of fun and for my gameplay like i was saying earlier i've always loved the dungeons Mm -hmm. in um in this game they've just gotten better and better and better and um you know you and, and your team obviously are are it's it's your product it's it's your your yeah. your thought product your your brain child and yes. they, they've been wonderful so you know i really appreciate all the hard work and dedication and and you know the the fun that you're injecting while being productive at the same time it's it's really right. awesome and, to
1: see that and that's really what it is i think that the the key takeaway there the key thing that we try to do is we want to make sure that uh everybody's having fun now that doesn't mean that stuff won't be difficult sure <laughs> but we always try to when we approach anything, any boss, any uh, quest, any mechanics that are going to happen. We always try to say, okay, you know, that's the first and foremost in our mind is is this going to be fun? Uh, you know, I mean, I've had to we or, or we've we've said that before. We've gone into reviews and you know, we'll play something, we'll do something. I'm like, this is interesting, but is this really fun? You know, and then we have to take that hard look at it and say, you know, it's not. Let's let's cut it or let's let's adjust it, let's change it or anything like that to so, to make sure that we still it's still fun and still it's still fun to do so
0: okay well uh speaking of fun uh wrathstone yeah. dlc right indeed that's indeed. coming what next week two weeks i think
1: that we said the 25th i'm pretty sure yeah that's what we said um yeah
0: so that's a week from today
1: yes wow
0: tick tock how's how's things going at yeah. work
1: <laughs> uh great we actually just put up the uh pts notes um, for the last changes, uh, for PTS, uh, they just went up today. So, uh, you, if you wanted to, you could see kind of like some of the final changes we made for final balance and stuff like that. Okay. In particular with the Stonekeeper, um, made some pretty significant changes, uh, toned down some of the, some of the more difficult aspects of the fight and made some of the more aspect or some of the aspects of the fight made uh, some of the phases more, uh, intuitive and fun um so yeah we we kind of got our final balance passes uh pts is always um fun and scary at the same time yeah put sure. it that way uh where we love to come in on in the first few weeks of pts and, and finally um show everybody what we've been working on and uh but there's invariably we know that this pts cycle is is fairly long and we're gonna have to make edits so we have to make changes so it's our our qa team is great at what they do uh, but it does not uh supplant actually throwing it out in the wild and seeing hundreds or thousands of players come in and actually hit you hit your content you go oh i didn't know we didn't see that we didn't pick that up or uh you know, oh, our internal guys didn't quite as have as much trouble with the, with that mechanic as these guys. So let's let's take a look at what we can do to adjust that. So, but overall, PTS cycle has been really, really good, it's really well received. So that's awesome. i are um, happy with it.
0: Yeah. I'm glad. That, I mean, there was a lot riding on this PTS cycle as well. I mean, I, I don't. I mean, uh, for for listeners of the show, I mean we we've gone through this information a few times before, but just to quick refresh, I'm going to give some bullet points here. All right. Um, Wrathstone DLC, we're getting two new dungeons, Frostfault and Depths of Malatar. Yep. Also, let's not forget, um big uh big racial passives yep. changes. So All just racial
1: passive changes, yep.
0: Yeah, so I mean that that in itself, like the racial passives changing. Mm-hmm. All right. Um we've got uh brand we've got a new zone guide uh feature. Which
1: by the way, uh and I will like to call that out. It's not something my team did, but Right. Uh the the teams that are responsible for that, that is super awesome. The zone guide is like it, it it's funny because we see or we hear about stuff internally and we kinda see it when, you know, we're on our development servers or stuff like that, if we're looking at maps and if we're doing this kind of stuff. So we kinda hear about it and then we have playtest for it and stuff like that. But I don't think it's really you really kind of grasp how great that feature is until you actually go on to one of your live characters that has a bunch of stuff filled out. You hit your you hit your map key and you see all the stuff on the side that you're like, oh, there's all this stuff that I haven't done or I, or I yeah. can do and stuff. That's such an awesome feature.
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, half half of what, uh, when the game first came out, a lot of the add-ons that were coming out were of the the mindset of what's going on in the zone what have i not completed what is there to do and and how can i like essentially check this off my list and i mean at this point we all have the uh the lore books and um sky shard add-on right um that's just like I, I, that's kind of like a like a thought extension to to what uh what's going on here with the zone guide the zone guide is exactly that it's it's hey uh you know you 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 didn't do this, you didn't do that. Like let's let's you know check that off here and and get you on your way, right? So, it's but like, I
1: mean it's also you know delves and public dungeons and quest givers and I mean, the zone guide is just so massive mm-hmm. and and it's such a great, I think it's such a great quality of life even not only for people that play our game regularly because you can go into a zone and you're like oh I didn't know this quest was up here I didn't know this thing was up here, but it's also a tremendous help for people that. Uh, are coming back, which invariably happens uh, sure. quite a bit. Is in people that are coming back, and that's usually the the called the returning paralysis. You know what I mean? You kind of return to a game, <laughs> yeah. and you may have quests in your journal or yeah. something like that. And you look around, and you go, "What am I supposed to do?" You know, like I don't remember. It's been a little bit. I don't remember what to do. So now you can just hit your map and then go over to the zone guy and say, "Oh, well, here's a long list of stuff you can do in this zone." So, so it's really fantastic.
0: Well, you got six new item sets. Mm-hmm. Two new monster masks, okay? Updates to existing serial sets. Yep. All right. You've got those two new dungeons, plus all the things that exist as far as sets go, monster masks goes, um, all of the different mix and match uh, things that we can do in order to increase the power and effectiveness of, of our characters, and these racial passives. So, so here's, here's kind of my question. I understand why the PTS needed to be longer because you had to factor in all these things. At this stage in the game, what it, it, what if anything is is sort of like as a dungeon lead keeping you up at night and saying like ah, uh, you know is this is this going to go the way I think it think it is? Is there like one or two things that you're like I, I'm the live version of this may prove or disprove something in a very like stark and dramatic
1: way so uh i think that by this point in pts we don't really have any of those like oh my gosh is this really gonna be a big major thing i think the the things that would scare me would be inadvertent uh bugs that would come up that a large number of people would see that maybe we didn't see on pts and then we'd have to scramble and kind of fix it um but also uh I think the other thing that is first and foremost on our minds is is difficulty in dungeons so it's it's something we try to to take a look at internally we try to take a look at when it's on pts and we try to take a look at when it goes live and it would be the biggest um kind of block that we have to take a look at and say all right is 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 this hitting the right difficulty levels that we want stuff we collect data all the time so you know we could pull up the data on completion rates and all those other stuff to make sure that it hits us. But it's, it is the biggest trepidation. Cause, uh, e- e- the same with, with something being too easy. I don't want people to come out and, and you know, Oh, this was uh, you know, two minutes and I soloed this entire veteran thing with hard, but you know what I mean? We don't yeah. want that. But it, from the other end, we don't want to release something that's way too hard. So oh, uh, sure. those are, the, those are probably the biggest concerns for us right now is, is to say, is this going to hit the right difficulty though
0: okay so making sure that you know you're you're hitting that right that right uh challenge
1: it's yeah and it's and it's a matter of what i said originally was with with fun you know what i mean like yeah. is this fun uh i think it's fun but if stuff can get uh, an overwrought punishing challenge or something like that, that that people don't feel is fair then they start to lose that fun so uh, yeah i think that that's that all lends into that
0: what uh during the whole p t s uh uh testing phase uh what what was was there anything there that that had gone over extremely well uh that you thought was gonna be an issue was there something that that became an issue that you weren't um you weren't considering before
1: um i don't know if there's uh so we generally don't try to we don't generally don't put something out that i say you know I don't think anybody's going to like this, but let's put it out anyway. (laughs) 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 uh, But we do get uh, some surprising feedback related to, uh, or not necessarily surprising as much as feedback that, uh, uh, it it usually comes back to difficulty where something is more difficult or not as difficult as we envisioned it or something like that. Sometimes mechanics that we think are clearly uh, defined or show clearly, they aren't. Uh, so we have to go back and adjust to make sure that, that the information that players need in order to to do something is there. Um, I think the 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 uh, generally it hit all the notes that uh, that we wanted to. We knew I I, I had i had imagined the in phase was going to be um, pretty well received. It's just a fun little experience. Uh, I think there was some negative comments regarding that about i think so, i saw somebody post or mention that uh why is there why does there have to be so many gimmicks in dungeons um
0: <laughs> well what do they mean by is, which is
1: understandable i mean I, I completely understand you know the feedback i mean and i'm not uh, coming down on anybody that would that would uh that would have that feedback yeah um i mean the answer is is like because we think that that's fun um right uh, there's there's no other answer than that other than it, it takes you out of things it, it gets you to do things in a new way and as long as those new ways are fun we think that it kind of kind of hits that note so um but I'm confused. i guess that would be the surprising feedback
0: but what what do they what do they mean by a gimmick though i mean i i could call it out in like um like legend of zelda right Which which drives yeah. me not. i'm a huge zelda fan okay mm-hmm. what drives me which, nuts about- which
1: zelda are you talking about
0: um what do you mean like the series, uh, in yeah, general. I
1: thought you were going to mention a specific mechanic. But go ahead. Oh, oh
0: no! I, well, what drives me nuts about about the series is that ever since Ocarina of Time, Link has always need a gimmick in order to get him through the next the next game. That that's yeah. kind of what drives me nuts. So so I loved Ocarina of Time because of the you know the the prop that you know added to the story. But since then, it's always at one point he was turning into a wolf, which was ludicrous, in my opinion. I, I know a lot of right. people love love that one, but I, I thought it was ludicrous. So to me, that's gimmicky. I, I haven't seen really anything in any of the dungeons here in ESO that's that I thought like was, was gimmicky. So it makes me it makes me a little confused. Like what what was what would this, was this person calling out that they thought was was a gimmick?
1: Um, so like the, the entire Scevaton phase pretty much I think is what uh, you know what I mean like you get uh, transformed into a Scevaton you're going through this little maze and stuff like oh, that okay. and then there's right. uh, um, <laughs> yeah I mean it, it, I, I get it uh, the the Tarsier fight in uh, March of Sacrifices is called out because you have to stealth which we haven't done that before in dungeons or really in combat at all and stuff and that's right. what I was thinking. so I understand and I, th- I think that that feedback basically boils down to um, you know this is doing something in a in a different way and they don't necessarily like it and that's fine like yeah, i said that's sure. that's uh, okay we'll, we'll accept that feedback uh it doesn't mean we're necessarily going to change anything and it doesn't mean that we won't try to put in those uh challenging aspects to it but it is worthy feedback to, to kind of have that um and we also try to not do things it, it's really cool to have these gimmicks but we also want to make sure that uh, there is a context and there's a reason for these things we don't just want to you know like turn you into a wolf or something for no reason right. or something like that so the reason when you're doing these kind of things uh it's there because uh you know you need to do this because uh, it's, a, it's for a reason so
0: yeah it, it used to be um, i don't know if you follow comics at all um, back during the golden age of uh, Superman, uh, there was an order from D.C. One of the publishers was saying every six months, Superman needs a new thing, either a new power or like a, like right. a new thing. Highly gimmicky, completely no reason for that. Right. Is So uh, it's nice to hear that you, you definitely want to avoid that. But um, we've got two new dungeons in Quarter 3, right, uh, coming, yep. coming out. I know you can't talk about it, but I mean, nope. is there... <laughs> as far as like the future of of like dungeon design goes do you do you see um more dungeons or less dungeons having having something like that where you know you're you're turning into something or um for lack of a better word i guess we'll, we'll keep using the word gimmick from now on. do you see more or less in the future going uh having something included like that
1: well so um like i said i i think that it's it's less a matter of Gimmicky, as more a matter of um, we want to create fun, interesting, and challenging encounters. And sometimes you can't do that with just the base abilities we have, or you can't do that with the base layouts and stuff like that that we have. So we're going to take a look and say, well, how can we do this? You know, how how can we get this fun and challenging gameplay? Or like usually, what it is is it's it's the designers and me sitting down, and we're all like, okay, you know, what do we imagine this fight's going to be? And then we spitball ideas and stuff. Oh, it would be really cool if we had this. This was a thing and stuff. And then we go about saying, okay, let's see. How can that make sense and how can we get that into this? And would this be fun and stuff like that? So there, at every step we evaluate that, would this be fun? But then absolutely we, we, we go through and, and see if we can – I know I'm talking in very abstract terms. But we try and go through sure. and, and challenge players and, and make sure that uh, – uh, we can accomplish that fun and interesting gameplay. So if we have to add stuff, we will. And, uh, so I wouldn't, I wouldn't take this as a yes or no. It's really going to be in the context of, we don't really go and sit down with, with a dungeon and say, okay, let's come up with a bunch of gimmicks or a bunch of different gimmicks to, to get the players now. It's more along right. the lines of Tarsier in particular, March of Sacrifices. That came about because you're on a hunt. So the context of the dungeon was what dictated kind of like the same with uh, Baylor at the end of that um, the context of the dungeon lent to the boss design there it was like you're on a hunt for a, for a magical injury and that's what you want to do and as, as we sat down designer as designers we sat down and say okay well, what is that how can we sell that what would that be oh it'd be really cool if you know when you're on a hunt you're you know you're stealthing and stuff okay well that doesn't necessarily work in combat but can we get that to work can we make that happen so um that you know it, it all blends together but very much a lot more often than not the context of the dungeon will uh will lend to the the quote unquote gimmicks that would be in uh in in fights
0: so uh frostfall and depths of Malatar, right yep um ma- major major set pieces in the next uh next dlc coming up yep um has has there been anything in regards to uh, the racial passives um, in in light of these dungeons that um, has has thrown a you know a question a- at you or, or made you feel a little uneasy? And now that that we've gone through the PTS, you, you feel like okay, this 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 is better, or uh, it's 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 gone over well.
1: As far as. You talking about racial passives in relation to the dungeon?
0: Yeah, yeah. Has has the I guess really what I'm asking here is is have have the racial passives uh, and the improvements to them, the changes to them, have they really impacted uh, the power level of the dungeons through the uh, the development cycle of them?
1: So, um, and and I can give you kind of like a broad answer to this because this yeah. is uh, we so we know well in advance so. The way our our kind of cycle works is we go through and we develop dungeons and we kind of throw numbers at a wall and stuff like that as far as putting together the dungeons. And then for about uh, a month or so or or however long we need before it hits PTS, before we do what's called a lock, a a PTS lock where it's going to lock down and you can't make any more changes before PTS1, that's when we start our balance passes. Um, And the reason we do it so late is... uh, so it's fresh in everybody's mind, and we know that all the changes are going to make it, and it gives combat team, uh, the gameplay team, time to get in all the changes that they want to make. So when we go into uh, balance testing, it's with all of gameplay's changes already in the game. So there isn't too many changes that come about because of what uh, gameplay has done that we haven't already tested in the dungeon. Now, if they make wholesale changes based on PTS feedback, that would be something that we would want to take a look at and evaluate. But I'm I'm essentially in all those meetings. So when, we, when we're at a base level, they're saying, hey, we want to make these changes. We're thinking about making these changes and stuff. I'm kind of like the dungeon advocate of like, well, what's this going to do when we do this or something like that? So um, very rarely would it ever be a case of something happening on PTS uh, related to gameplay changes that would just throw um, – Uh, throw us for a loop, uh, you know, as far as the dungeon design is concerned.
0: When it comes to, uh, when it comes to uh, the Necromancer, the new, the new class coming out for elsewhere, um, the Necromancer is not going to be available for Wrathstone. Correct. But I got to imagine it's the, these dungeons are so close to the release of, of these Necromancer, the Necromancer class that um, as the dungeon lead and your team, you, you must have had to consider in a couple of months, people are going to be coming in here as necromancers and how has that, has that changed? Like any fights? Have you, have you said like, you know what, when necromancers come out, people are going to be in this dungeon for a little while. Anyway, if we, once they start coming in here as a necromancer, like let's add something or take away something that's going to be a little bit more meaningful that they hadn't seen before. Um, as, as their other class coming in here again.
1: Um, no, I wouldn't think that we would uh, have, we haven't had any discussions to change anything. And as far as the, pretty much the only thing I can say about the Necromancer is um, we can already play with it. Mm-hmm. So there shouldn't be any surprises really as far as wh- uh, us, you know, what their capabilities, we already know what their capabilities are and we already know kind of what they can do. So we're not generally worried about, uh, you know, a new class coming out and throwing everything for a load or anything like that.
0: Right. But um, is there like, you know, that new lens effect uh, going on with some of these dungeons that you know so well and have put together? You go in there with the Necromancer. Is it is it kind of like, uh, you know, running the dungeon through a through a new perspective almost?
1: Um, I mean, other than it just being a newer character and, and I have to kind of like steer away from this because I can't really talk about the Necromancer. So, OK, uh. Yeah. Yeah, but as far as dungeon mechanics are concerned, yeah. we are not planning on, on kind of like changing or, re- or revisiting any dungeon mechanics because of that.
0: Oh, well, that's that's good to hear, uh, at yeah. least, because I know um, sometimes like in, in other games and I've never seen this. in I mean, you, you guys had the warden come out. No changes had to had to come about because of, of the warden. So I, I wouldn't expect people, the the gameplay, uh, the play ba- player base. Mm-hmm. Would think just because a new class is coming out and anything would have to get changed, but sometimes that you know that does happen in other games and mm-hmm. there's uh sometimes the questions out there. Um all right, the, the the last like I guess real question I wanted to ask was about the champion point increase. Um now Zoss had said
1: You mean the lack of champion point increase?
0: Correct. Exactly. Okay. <laughs> and and I I remember watching that um when that information came out and everyone was like really happy about No, no champion point increase. And what, um, what kind of like led to that? And do you see, uh, or, or hear of one potentially coming in the future at some point?
1: I believe that, uh, Rob Garrett are, uh, kind of like, uh, lead for that who, who oversees all of the systems. You industry know, systems team, in AVA, gameplay, UI, he oversees all that stuff. And I believe he had a post on the forums where he talked about that. And they said that uh basically they're taking a look at the champion point system and evaluating it to make sure that it does what we want and what players expect. And then once that evaluation is done, uh more information will be coming about regarding champion points. Uh I wish I had more information about that, but I really don't Yeah, uh, because it's not something I deal with on on a, on a daily basis. Um, so uh, I would default probably to, to rich and Rob on that one.
0: Sure. Um. Okay. Yeah. The uh, at least I think, I guess really what um, it's nice to hear is that, you know, at some point maybe they'll, they'll be a champion point increase, but it's got to get, you know,
1: there's a whole, yeah, there's a, there's a lot of work to be uh, right. done in, in that evaluation and looking at that system. So.
0: Okay. All right. Um, last question again. I, I know Yep. The, one more, uh, <laughs> <laughs> obviously two dungeons, right? Yes. You've got a year long uh, story yes. to tell. Okay. Yep. We've got two more dungeons in Q3. Indeed. Are there story beats
1: trial in in tier two as well? Ah, all right. Or I'm sorry, in uh, in uh, elsewhere as well.
0: All right. Um, are there story beats from these two dungeons, or mechanic beats from these two dungeons that we're going to see, either in the trial or in the next two dungeons that maybe we could get excited for?
1: Well, I mean, uh, so the story beats wise, this is uh, I know this is this has been brought up on the forums too and stuff. So the story beats wise, uh, you could look at this two ways. You could look at this as uh it's something that we um or the the way we prefer to look at it rather is if you're invested in doing dungeons uh generally as you've gone through the game the dungeons have been wholly contained stories you start the dungeon you get the quest you get the information you complete the dungeon and then the story is over or it carries through to a part two if you look at funkerado one and two for instance um So for these dungeons, we wanted them to have, uh, to be part of a bigger meta story, but without—it's a delicate line because we don't want it to say, "You absolutely have to do the dungeons in order to get the entire story." That's not, kind of how we approach this. What we did approach it as is when you do the teaser quest and when you start it, uh, and you go talk to the NPC, uh, Tharia, who is the one who who is the the NPC that's in these two dungeons. Um, so when you go talk to Abner Tharn, he's there and he has the Rast Uh Tharia is also there. And if you've done the dungeons, it's referred to as you were the one to help Tharia get the Rastums. But if you didn't do the dungeons, Abner Tharn just says, somebody helped Tharia. You know what I mean? So huh. what, it, what we wanted this to be was a callback to say, hey, your actions that you did in the dungeons, I know that. I recognize that, that you did that. That's you nice. You know what I mean? But yeah. without completely breaking. It. it says like, like it's not like you're you start at chapter 10 and you missed the first 10 chapters because you didn't right you know what i mean it's more like hey tharia went on this adventure where she went to frost vault depths of malatar oh you didn't oh yeah well some other people helped her but if you did it's it's a it's a payoff that you've done these two dungeons and then you can say oh look you know you've done that so right. i wouldn't uh look to that as kind of like an example of how, of how we would want to approach this kind of thing. all
0: right how 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 is it how's the feeling at at work right now with this this year long um story? Does it does it feel like, you know, this is something that you guys might be jumping on, you know, next year or maybe two years from now?
1: Oh man. You were you're were, you're were way jumping the gun on that one. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> let's uh let's we're in quarter one now. Let's uh let's <laughs> <laughs>
0: I got to ask, because I'm excited yeah, I for this I a year-long DLC. And we do
1: work on stuff cool. that's well in advance of where we're at right now. Yeah. But as far as right now, no. this is the start of the season of the Dragon, and, and, and I think uh, we're, you know, we're, we'll continue on through this and, and uh, see how it goes.
0: Sounds good. Mike Finnegan, Dungeon Lead, thank you so much for, no for problem. being here today. I really appreciate your time. I know you're busy. Um, yeah, no problem. But it's been great having you.
1: Yeah, it's been awesome.
0: All right, maybe we can have you again sometime soon. But, uh, sure thing, but... thanks again for being here. Yeah, man. Uh, for all of you listening at home, uh, if you have any uh, any questions um, that you'd like to uh, maybe forward over to uh, to to Mike, uh, where can they find you on Twitter?
1: Uh, they could find me. at... Is that
0: is that even appropriate? At,
1: uh, I mean, you can. I'm at the yeah. Finitator. So. Uh you can find me on twitter there and then uh i'm a zosfin on the forums if you need to send me a pm or anything like that you can do that on the forums as well sounds good
0: all right thanks again and uh thanks again everyone for uh, listening downloading and subscribing take care everyone be safe and as always may the be with you <laughs>